Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Sing Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from that YouTube channel Sing Through Glass and don't worry, very shortly I am going to be joined by Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. But those of you watching here on the Behind the Glass YouTube channel may have noticed I'm in unfamiliar surroundings. Well, welcome to my self-isolation. Uh, like so many others, um, I have taken the advice of the government and medical bodies to self-isolate and to practice as much social distancing as possible. I don't have any symptoms, uh, but I'm trying to do my part to, to reduce potential spread and also infection of this bloody damn coronavirus. I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I, I will be honest. Uh, I'm not sure I'd say I'm scared, but I am fed up and I am concerned uh, about this whole COVID-19 situation. Uh, it's affecting so many people around the world. And I would have to say, I think I'm still one of the lucky ones. Uh, firstly, I have a job which allows me to still get out and work during these times. I can still sit here and create content for you guys. Um, but also in the UK, our conditions or our situation isn't as extreme as other countries. So whilst I'm sure we have got tough times ahead right now, I probably have to say that I am lucky. My thoughts are with so many of you that may have been affected in a more, well, detrimental way. I think whether it's health or work or life, um, all of us are in for some tough times. And yeah, it's it's a bit depressing. It's a bit strange. We don't really know where this is all going to go, but I think we have to stay positive. And my sort of one way of trying to remain positive is to keep creating content. Uh, for me, it's a good way to firstly keep busy, to distract myself, but also try and still earn a living. Because yes, of course, this is my job. This is my career. Uh, and while so many of you may not be able to go out and work at the moment or run businesses, um, uh, I am fortunate in the sense where I can. Um, and so I will hope to do so as a way to entertain and distract you as well. I don't want it to be a sort of selfish thing of, oh, I, you know, I've got to go out there and, and make content. I am trying to uh, follow as much advice as possible. And as I say, practice a bit of uh, self-isolation and social distancing, which is why for this intro, I am alone. Um, but do not worry. I did tease it. Tony is coming. <laughs> not here, but he's coming to this podcast. And that's kind of what I wanted to update you all on and maybe reassure some of you on because I've been receiving a lot of questions as to like what's going to happen with Seen Through Glass and Behind the Glass in the coming weeks and months. Well, there is a big update coming on Seen Through Glass uh, later in the week, which we're talking about what you can expect from that channel moving forward. But here in terms of the podcast, we are still going to be pushing for weekly episodes. Last week, early last week, when some of these sort of 
early news came out from the UK government about how things were going to be changing, Tony and I sat down and recorded actually a couple of episodes just so that we could bank some and be ready in case, you know, some pretty draconian measures got put in place very quickly. Uh, at the moment, we are still not on full lockdown. There is still a bit of freedom of movement, but we are trying our best to socially distance, uh, distance social, socially, basically stay away from each other <laughs> and also, yeah, do a bit of self-isolation. So... Moving forward, it is unlikely that Tony and I will be in the same room when we record these episodes, but do not fear, because we've been working hard on coming up with ways to ensure that the episodes still go out. And actually, my my podcasting production desk allows for super high quality phone-ins. So what's going to happen is Tony and I will still be recording weekly episodes, putting them out on Monday night as per usual. And for those of you that listen to the podcast only, don't actually watch it, hopefully nothing will change. It should, should sound exactly the same. Um, but for those of you that watch, it will be a slightly different experience because rather than Tony and I being in the same room, it might be split screen. But fingers crossed, we can still have our absolute inane banter. Is it quite, is it bad to say that I have banter on this show? Maybe that's a bit egotistical. But anyway, hopefully we'll still have great chats, be able to interact with each other, have a bit of fun. And, you know, it's going to be tough because doing podcast episodes talking about the best cars to buy for 50 grand feels a little inappropriate. But at the same time, we don't want to get completely weighed down by Corona or COVID-19 and just, you know, every single episode be like, God, things are crap, aren't they? As I say, I, I want to entertain where possible. I don't want to claim that we are entertaining because, again, that sounds a bit full of ourselves. But uh, <laughs> we will try our best to keep things lighthearted uh, and keep things relevant for when the world gets itself back together. Because it will. At some point, we will all be living our lives again and looking back going, God, that Corona was awful, wasn't it? But we're cracking on. So yes, uh, I'm going to stop talking for now. I'm going to remind you all that if you are watching on YouTube to subscribe and turn on notifications because yes, weekly episodes with Tony and I are coming. Um, and then if you're listening, uh, make sure to keep following for those episodes as well. Unlikely to be many guests in the weeks ahead, but who knows? Uh, for now, I will be quiet and let you enjoy one of two episodes that Tony and I recorded last week when we were still uh, allowed, well, or allowing ourselves to be in the same room. I hope you enjoy. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hot off the press, Formula One. I know we went in on this last week. By the way, people didn't enjoy your football chat. No, I didn't think they would. It's a car channel. It is a car channel. Yeah. We were a bit nervous at the time, but I think you should have like, no, don't worry, mate. People love a bit of footy. But, but wait a minute, like, wait no, a minute. The, what was the minutes per watch? Was it still high? Oh, yeah. No, we still smashed it. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and the views for the actual... Great. So... By the way, they did people, not like it that much. Can we just pick up on this? Tony has become such a stat man for this podcast. He messaged me and then we go, what's the average minutes watched? How long's the retention? What's the yeah, like I to like dislike to know, ratio? Mate. It's the Good only man. thing I like, like, I don't really care about anything else, but I actually like doing this. You went so. kind of the wrong direction with YouTube last year, didn't you? You got no, lost did, without yeah. me. Yeah, Whilst I, I was off traveling the world, you got You're my calming influence on YouTube. <laughs> Your guidance. <laughs> my guidance, yeah. I've brought you back down. <laughs> You went a bit, you went a bit haywire for a yeah, while. Yeah, did. Yeah. I'm glad you've reined it in. <laughs> anyway, yeah, half the press. F1. Um, we've just heard that the uh, season has been pushed back even further. Uh, basically, they were hoping to kind of kick things off in Europe. It was a very vague claim when they uh, binned off Australia, Bahrain, China, and Vietnam. They said we're going to be we're going to be starting in Europe, and it was a, quite an unrealistic claim, I think. So we now know that the Dutch Grand Prix, Azerbaijan, and Monaco are also all canned or postponed. Also, the bigger news is the 2021 regulations have been delayed a year. So they're now ah. going to be coming in 2022. There's whole new cars and everything like that. Um, I didn't be, know that. Yeah, which which I think makes sense. I think it's good. My concern was financially, were was it going to put too much of a burden on the manufacturers like Mercedes, Renault, Ferrari, etc., Honda? And I know previously you've said, oh, look, you know, in terms of their global budget, Formula One's probably quite small. But someone made a good point on Twitter saying that with everything that's going on and people being laid off left, right and centre, would it be appropriate for that manufacturer then to be spending a whole ton of money on, on F1? It would have, mm. I think, on a corporate comms level looked a bit grim. So I think that makes sense. What I'm hearing now from my sources is that they're going to stretch the season from 20 to 21, a bit like WEC, mm-hmm. World Endurance. So mm-hmm. it'll be like almost like a September to September mm-hmm. um, uh, with an extra long to get all 22 races in. So that will be just those cars used across the sort of one and a half seasons and then we'll go into 2022. Okay. Which I think is not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of racing. Let's get back to it. Um, my question is, what's that going to do for driver contracts? Because we had a lot of drivers and we spoke about this again. We're sort of slightly repeating ourselves, but it, it's, gonna, it's what's going to happen with Corona. <laughs> Just go over the same topics. <laughs> the only good thing is the, the next podcast after this will be all exhausted out with Corona. So yeah, good, good point. Skip this one. <laughs> no, the no, next one will be don't, fine. Don't tell them to skip this no, one. No, don't skip this one. But if you're not into <laughs> F1, maybe skip this section. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> let me continue because I'm, I'm on a rant here and I'm doing well. Um, so yes, we spoke about how <laughs> Hamilton, Vettel, Ricardo, all of these big top name drivers are theoretically out of contract at the end of this year. And we were all excited about potential driver changes for 2021. How is that going to play out now? Because they just extend it. Yeah, you would think they'd all just do one-year extensions, won't they? For sure, yeah. And they'll now go for the 2022 move, which I think gives a stronger possibility of Hamilton to Ferrari. Possibly, yeah, because he'd be one year close to the end of his career. And I think, you know, he... 
we still assume that he's going to be the seven-time world champion. At that point, it would have got the whole Merck thing out of his life. I think Vettel definitely would have got his Ferrari sort of situation. Might retired. Well, there we go. Mm. So is that something you'd like to see? Do you want to see Hamilton at Ferrari or you don't really care? No. Um, for a romantic, Ooh. romantic point of view, maybe it'd been... Oh, I shouldn't have said romantic now. That I mean, I cannot stand them buttons. He's going on and pressing. Good. Very Sorry. good. Yeah, from a romantic point of view, it would be nice because even though Mercedes have dominated the sport for seven years, eight years, or however long it's been, Ferrari's still the pinnacle of F1, right? It's Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. It, Ferrari. it is. You're right. It is Ferrari. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to see in there, even for just for a season. I'm sure I know this, but do you follow a team or a driver in F1? No, normally, Ferrari. As in the team, you don't really care who's driving. Well, I, I like Vettel, don't I? But yeah. um, but obviously, I like I don't really like Hamilton as a person, but um, he's an unbelievable driver. But yeah, more for for a Ferrari as, as a team. Are there any drivers you don't like? Do you get all oh, that Bottas is a yeah. no, no? Like he hasn't really got a lot. Of, I like personality people. people yeah. So I like Ricardo. Obviously, but he's got a personality. There's no one you boo though. Not really, no, because I'm not like. I'm not a nerd like you, yeah, in, yeah. you know, I'm not, you know. You love saying that, don't you? you yeah. Just that well, it's in. true. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing. <laughs> no, but I, somebody asked me the other day about this, because obviously I'm a Ferrari guy, but I'm, I don't follow teams in F1, I follow drivers. But for example, and so therefore my team allegiances can sway a lot. Right now I'll be sitting there going, oh, damn you, Ferrari, you took the victory away. <laughs> Hamilton goes to Ferrari, I'll be like, damn you, Mercedes, you <laughs> silver weirdos. <laughs> So um, that's why I was so, asking. So, so, uh, drivers, you're Hamilton, right? Yeah, I'm Hamilton, but I'm I'm over it. Do you know what I mean? Like he, okay. he's he's done it. So boring. Yeah, I'm Ricardo, Norris, Leclerc, okay. and Albon. Okay. I don't like Verstappen. See, I don't mind Verstappen because he's a bit arrogant. I see. That's what I don't like. Okay, fine. I think he's genius. I think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. He reminds me of Juan Pablo Montoya. But why do you like Hamilton then? Because Hamilton's arrogant. Yes, but I feel like Hamilton earned his arrogance. <laughs> Does that make but, sense? Yeah, but Verstappen will. I mean, you He's have to have a, there. Yeah, you have to have a certain amount of arrogancy to succeed. Yeah. Of like course, self-belief. Self-confidence and self-belief. You got that, yeah. mate, don't you? Yeah, of course. Of course. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> what a low blow. Okay, well, look, uh, we've just dominated the first 15 minutes, a bit like last Again. week in chat that people probably didn't want to hear. So now, now we can get into it properly. Um, and uh, before we come onto the sort of overall car market and potential uh, sways with Corona, um, somebody mentioned something on Instagram the other day. We talk a lot about collectible cars and mm. mainly European collectible cars. Have you noticed, and what are your thoughts on JDM collectibles, the rise of R34 Nissan GTRs, Tommy Mackinac edition Evos, etc. Do does that come through your door? Not really. It's not what I do. So um, occasionally we'll get someone ring up and say they've got something like that in part exchange, but we don't normally entertain it. It's not. It's just not what we do. I know it's a thing, um, like the old Toyota Supra and stuff like that, and the Subaru. Impressors? Yeah, was it the P1? The P1, I think, is good, but there's a... Um, oh, we're both, both being showed up here a little bit, but there's a better one than the P1. RB22? 
No, no, no. What's the... 22B. 22B, there we go. Well done. That's the really Larry one. That's the really Larry one. And really rare. Were you ever into them, though? Like, at any point in your life, you you must have had... Because we've all gone through that stage, right, of wanting Evos and Impretzas. So I had had an an Impreza STI import. No, you didn't. I swear to God. I had one when I was... Import. I love those an import as well. Yeah, WRX STI. It was a black car on a P-Reg. So 98. Okay. 300 odd horsepower. It'd been tuned actually. And I tell you, uh, I got it from a company called SVA Imports in Folkestone. Oh, nice. And that's what they did. They imported um, Japanese stuff. And nice. it was a big thing then in the 90s and the early 2000s. It was a, it was a big thing. And this thing was so fast. It was like, like, how old were you then? To 99? Like 20. Okay. Something perfect. like that. Perfect. So, I mean, I, you know, it was the fastest thing I've ever <laughs> been. It was <laughs> so fast. So Larry. So Larry. And I, I think I've spoke about this before. I had a Nissan GTI-R on yeah. the Pulsar. Yeah. Well, I've done the gear, blew the gearbox up on one of them. But of course you did. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I went through that. Okay. And then I went through the Renault 5 Turbo stage. Of course, I forgot about that, but yes. Tuned. Well Renault done. Renault 5 Turbos. Came yeah. back to the Europeans, basically. Yeah, and then and then I grew up about 25 and bought a BMW. <laughs> Convertible oh, one. What disaster. And that's when I got my ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shipping around London in your convertible that's Beamer. That's exactly what happened. Oh, my God. I always lasted after... WRX and Evos, but I never quite went there. I had a mate who lived up the road who had a, it must have been just an Impreza. I don't even know if it's a WRX, but he kitted it out and he drove it like an absolute hooligan. And I was like, that's so cool. But I think by the time <laughs> I came round to being able to semi-afford them, uh, I just went down the European route. Yeah. Because like all of my mates were in Beamers and Mercs and Audis. That's so that's just the, the way I went. So I missed out on that whole thing. But Last year, especially whilst in Canada, I got, well, I got involved with, with that whole JDM scene and started to learn more about the sort of really valuable rare ones. Because a bit like with Lamborghini, uh, it seems like Nissan and, and Toyota have done so many super rare variants. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I went in Hong Kong out in a Honda Civic. I don't even know what it was, but it was amazing. It was a super rare, bespoke, track-focused carbon fiber. Like an Integrale or? No, it was like a Type R times 10. I'm going to try if I can Google it. Well, I'm not going to Google it now because it'll take me too long. Um, But it was super cool. And so I think that's that's where the value seems to lie in a lot of these JDM collectibles is these super rare and actually Japan-only specific Mm. versions that then get imported in. So back then it was... It was that 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 was the rage, and obviously the Ford RS market, Ooh. which was huge, which is still big now. Still big. Um, yeah, but you slagged me off the other day when I was posting a Focus RS, the, the little bubble blue one. Oh, and in so on the you. previous generation, you went in. <laughs> and why are you posting this? It's like it looks beautiful. Yeah, and of course. Tony's like, oh, crap, I hasn't got sat out of that one, so well, slag it off. <laughs> well, up until about probably before I knew you, I had a uh, Escort Cosworth. The old oh Wildtail one. Oh, my God, out of nowhere. And I had it for about seven years. No, you didn't. I did, and I never I never drove it, so... It, you it, are so Kent, mate. It come in, it come in part exchange, okay. and I thought, oh, I'll keep hold of it. I've always wanted one, um, and I'll keep hold of it, and, and I'll never, ever sell it. Anyway, um, I never drove it. done 65,000 miles. It was a real lovely car. I uh, had the Lux packs. I had the lever and the uh, sunroof and whatnot. 
I had it serviced at Ford every oh year. I mean, God, I never drove look it. At him. Look at him. Yeah, yeah it was Mallard oh, Green. Mallard, Mallard Green. Green. Oh my God, make Green Grey again. I love and, this. And honestly, I, I I remember driving it the odd few times, and you'd have power. Uh, you'd have no power, no power, no power. Big load of power. <laughs> Change gear. That was that was what that was what it's like a diesel. Did it live up to your hype or was it a little bit like mm. I hated it because I'd got I'd got to the point where obviously I was in my thirties then and I'd started buying supercars and sure, stuff. And show off. Nicer cars. Yeah. Not show off, just work hard. Okay. That's what happens. Yeah. And uh I I I I, I, I cannot have to, I do not I mean it's crap. I feel like when I, the first few times I came to your showroom, was it parked right at the back? Right at the back. I think I saw it the first couple of times I came. You might have, yeah. And it was parked right, right at the back. It Mm. might even be in one of my early videos from, from Gravelwood. Do a, you know, like a, what? What's it called? What do you call it? I don't know. No, like where you put a (laughs) picture of overlay. That's it. That's what I knew I needed you for something in life. <laughs> Editing, Editing techniques, or what's called yeah. words. Um, okay, I'll put an overlay right now. Hopefully, if uh, if I did get that clip, because I definitely yeah, now it's starting to ring a bell. But okay, so so I think I can appreciate why, and I feel like there is an, an a market for JDM collectibles, mm-hmm. but but still in the UK at least, I feel like they don't get talked about as much. I guess because they're harder to get hold of, like harder to import. We don't see them so much. But there is huge value and you you do see them passing through every now and again. Mainly, I feel like Skylines uh, seem to be the big money items the, with the, the JDM. The 33s and 34s. 3s and 4s, exactly, yeah. seem to be the big, big money items. The 5s, the Nismos still do quite well, don't they? On the, the R35? yeah. No, Nismo's are bad news. They're just a lot of money, mate, isn't they? Yeah, like, like, but, but do they lose a ton of money? Um, well, I mean... <laughs> you don't know. I mean, Nissan GTRs in general are 35s. They do hold their money relatively well. I mean, yeah. if you bought one new at 58, 60 grand in 2009 or 10, the early car, I mean, they're still 30 grand now. It's not too 10 bad, 10 years is it? later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. 30,000 30, pounds of good... Good driving. It's three thousand pound a year. I mean, it's for nothing. Well done. You've got a maths today. Well, yeah. I mean, I run a motor com- no. I mean, I see. <laughs> You've got a calculator I'm, on your phone, mate. Don't I mean, get, I can, don't get too ahead of yourself. I mean, I can add up. It's the only thing I can do. Two I'm, plus two. Count money. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. As I say, I think it's worth uh, looking to. I'm always keen to, to check out the JDM market a little bit more, and I do actually mm. keep track. There are a couple of uh, websites, I guess, rivals to that company you mentioned that were down in Folkestone back in the day that are now online. And actually, someone bought in the other day from Japan a three sixty challenge car that'd be made road legal i got so many messages about it like super cool like i do kind of love the idea um but i think it is big business still now to, to bring these cars in from japan and, and see if you can no get... i don't know if it is oh you don't think no it is? no no no. i don't oh, think it really? is anymore i think the import taxes and and the 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 cut the, to get them out of japan i think it's oh interesting because i would have assumed that there was some money to be made there if you could like you know because because you can't find them here if you can bring in some crazy mm. limited supra or whatever that no one I would have thought you could make a quick buck. But no, yeah, I mean, you can make a quick buck, but I don't think you make a living out of it. Fine, I, I, fair. I, I think if you want one and you want to go to Japan, you just go and get it yourself. Okay. <laughs> Good tip. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe that's the auction we should go to. Maybe we should go to a Japanese car auction. They're In Japan. Insane. Mate, they're insane. You press buttons on a yeah. thing. Once Corona's done, like, that's... that's <laughs> well, that's it's done it. out there. A Good point. Let's go so. there. It's Let's probably the safest there. place in the world now, China. <laughs> 
Um, okay, well, bringing things back to uh, European marks. Uh, now, I, I know usually you would cringe at this moment, but I have an Aston Martin to talk to you about that I think you might get excited by because this week we saw pictures of the Valkyrie on the road. On-road testing now happening with the Valkyrie. I mean, so many rumours seem to swirl this car. One month I hear people saying it's never going to happen, it's being binned off, there's no money in it, and the next month it's on the road being tested. So clearly they are pushing ahead with Valkyrie, um, which I think is exciting to see. Did you see the pictures of it? No, but oh. I, I mean, I, I, I don't see how they're going to can it, mate. I mean, they spent too much money. I think it's got to come now, hasn't it? I, th- I kind of agree, but, yeah. but there's, there is still, you know... Oh, just question marks. I oh, know why am I? I'm typing something completely wrong. Oh, um, Wagon mummery's put in. <laughs> thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't give them a plug. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't pay. No. Um, look at this thing, mate. This thing looks insane on the road. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, it's and a I would station. like to go in them. I'd like to go in one and in like a road spec. Look at that diffuser. Yeah, it's going to be next level. I mean, this is not a car. This is a spaceship. This is obviously for those of you who have been living under a rock. This is the Adrian Newey design. So the man who can see air, um, Red Bull's uh, aerodynamicist for many years, and McLaren and Williams. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. Um, <laughs> he's designed this in a collaboration with Aston Martin. There were some clips of it going around track. Did you see that as well a few months ago? I see it a few months ago. And this is the rival for the Project One Mercedes, right? Well, I think rival is, yes, I guess I suppose so. I don't think they will be rivals. I think this Valkyrie now will stand out by itself. Really? I think there was a period of time where people were like, oh yeah, Project One and then Regera, I guess, or like Mm. something. But this Valkyrie is going to be so next level in terms of on-track performance, you know, naturally aspirated V12, revving something like 14,000 RPM or something stupid. It's essentially an old-school F1 engine. Um, aerodynamics through the roof, the thing will be sucked to the ground. They reckon they'll be able to drive it upside down, um, you know, in a tunnel or something like really? that at certain speeds. Yeah, I mean, it will be insane. And I think to see one on the road will be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I hope we do. I hope they're not like it's kind of cars that people just kind of hide away. Yeah. Um, Looking at like things like McLaren P1 GTRs, probably are going to see tons of them on the road, probably on the King's Road, but yeah, 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 <laughs> Sloan yeah. Street or wherever it might be. Um, but yeah, go on. I know you usually go in on Aston, but you have to be kind of excited by that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to go in one. I'd, I'd, I'd like, love to drive one, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not like. It's not something. If you won the Euro Millions, you wouldn't start to be like, oh no, no, really, no, no, no. no, no Why? No. I just wouldn't buy an Aston. But mate, I don't care what it is. No, 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 no. It's, it's just my personal opinion. I, I know, but this Ferrari. is not like this is not like oh, it's an Aston. Like, well, it is. Well, it is. Okay, it's not like it's oh, in it's a an few Aston. weeks' time. Huh? Should hazmat suits allow, I'm going to be getting a manual Vantage oh. uh, just for a couple of days to have a go. I'm going to come and pick you up. The, I'm w- determined. Which one? The new one. The the AMR thing. No. Oh. you can now get a manual box in the standard Vantage. Okay. I'm determined to prove to you that Paul there's Wallace something to like. This, Paul Wallace did try Oh, did he? In a, in a DB... I don't even know what it was. It was, an, it was a V12. But, mate, thing. the Valkyrie, you can't go, oh, it's an Aston Martin, so not fast. Well, no, I mean, I'm not fast at the moment. When I get in it, I might change my mind. I'm not fast because it's an Aston Martin. If it was a Ferrari, I'd wet myself. Uh, yeah, so, I'm fuming about this. Okay. I think you're wrong. All right, well, I might be wrong, but, but as it stands at the minute... I'm not interested. I think you should be open-minded. But if I had a Ferrari badge, you'd be wetting yourself. You'd be freaking out. Yeah, but I'm, but only to the point where I can't afford one anyway because I've got my Koenigsegg coming. Of course. Sorry. 
I'm sorry, I totally forgot about your Jamera. Yeah. Well, any I'm updates glad, on that? Is it I'm hit the production line? Said, I'm glad you said Jamera because I forgot what it was. <laughs> So much money, he just he can't even keep up with his own orders. Yeah, um, I'm so upset that you still fly this flag of of Aston Martin dislike, and the fact that you're keeping that even with the Valkyrie because I, I think this well, is I might a project. Your mind. Oh, no, hey, cool, fine, no worries. Everyone can have their own opinion, but this is a particular car which is not like oh they've put a V12 in an in advantage. Like this is a. Con- completely bespoke creation that is going to redefine, I believe, what road cars can be, uh-huh. um, especially from an aerodynamic point of view. Yes, question marks over to how and when it's going to get to the road, prices, cost, reliability, etc. But as a thing, as a creation, I think this is going to take us leaps and bounds forwards. And I like that it's got a heritage bad, that this isn't some out there, the new e-car, you know, like some rogue small brand that we've never heard of, as a standout car, this has got the heritage of an Aston Martin badge on it. Okay, like so that. so if I had a choice yeah. between Project One and the Valkyrie, Don't I'd have Project One oh. because because it's because but 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 if I drove them both, yeah, and I like the Aston, I would I would say actually I've changed my mind. Aston have have convinced me different. If okay. if. Listen, I've had some down the years. I've had some bad experience with Aston Martin. Fair. So that's why I don't like them. If they bring a car out that I like, I'll say fair play. You, sure. you bought a good car, and I'll tell the truth. Okay, good man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, another another uh, suge- another topic that somebody suggested on Instagram uh, earlier in the week um, was along the line of these sort of super sp- bespoke cars and the fact that nowadays something that manufacturers seem to be pushing very hard or, or they were until Corona came along is sort of in-house customization and exclusivization. Exclusivity. Thank you. I guess basically MSO for McLaren, Porsche exclusive, Ferrari Atelier. Do they still call Atelier, it Atelier? Yeah. You know, so basically going in and taking a car which we all know is already expensive and and messing uh, it up. Well, yeah, messing it up <laughs> or allowing customers to put their yeah, own yeah. touch on it. And I feel like it sort of came down from the Koenigseggs and the Paganis allowing these sort of ultimate customizations. But it's also the fact that I think people are just too rich. And I actually think that McLaren do that bit better than anyone else. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay, so these were my thoughts. So you think MSO are the best at this? The, the, their paintwork is, I don't really like they finish too much, but their paintwork is very good in terms of the the the, the sparkle and the actual colour that they managed to get. And yeah, I, I, I think that's, from that part of the, the business, I think that's very good. Because I feel like Ferrari, it's still a little bit controlled. No, they're asleep. They were, well, they're asleep, but also it's a bit like, you know, you go and you say, I want blue seats. They go, mm, sad. I don't think I am. That's not. exactly yeah, yeah. what they so do. It's not, it's not really personalization. It's kind of like, you know, you're told what you Do you know you what they have. do? They go say on. you want blue seats and they go, let's go and have some lunch. <laughs> and they get you drunk and then they come back. You say, are you sure you want blue seats? You know what? I think you are so <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I literally I can see they go we got some past I go oh Schumacher and the best thing about Schumacher is he always had the black seats you know the black seats yeah. and you go back and go I want black seats like Schumacher <laughs> it's a fantastic a choice so. 
So, and also, we have seen, I guess, a small handful of spoop, super bespoke Atelier-esque uh, Ferraris that come over the years. TDFs, I can remember a few. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the Lusa or was it TDF that had those front kind of lights down in the grill? That, that was a London car. That was super cool. Yeah, I didn't cool. see that car. Um, some 812s that have popped up ever, uh, now again. And Pistas as well. So very nice, yeah. yeah special yeah. bespoke Pistas. Um, but you're right, McLaren seem to go that step further. They do, yeah. With what they'll allow someone to do in the levels and all the different components that and are. And the detail. The detail. Yeah. Um, and so that has to be applauded. Senna is basically a showroom for MSO. They're all like one of ones, mate. They're, all one yeah. of ones. I mean, and every element is different. Mm. You know, coloured carbon fibres that you could never imagine. Porsche exclusive. I literally just did the 997 Sport Classic, which was kind of a launch car for Porsche exclusive. That was all about showing like what we can do. Yeah. I don't feel like it's sort of, I mean, PTS is something a little bit different, the paint sample range, which is much bigger in other parts of the world than in the UK. But you still half get told. Do you? Yeah. To the, mm. but not, it's not like McLaren, mate. Like, okay. that is, like, that's what I said. Like, that is a really good thing about McLaren. I in they've got a really open book, open mind about. Because we don't see much like Porsche exclusive stuff, do we? It's very rare you see a GT3 that's completely bespoke and different mm. to other stuff. A bit of interior work here and there, yeah. fine. But otherwise, they don't really seem to do much. No. Anything else that we're forgetting in that customized? What Lambos, Lambo. what do they call it? The Oh, they do have a silly name for it. Uh, yeah. The Bustaf. Add, add persona. There you go. Add yeah. persona. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like Ferrari, but yeah. it's actually like like the boring part of Lamborghini. You're right. Like, it's sort yeah. of almost like a half-assed boring part yeah. of Lambo that doesn't seem yeah. to quite work out. I thought it was an interesting topic though, because as I say, it feels like the last two or so years, two or three years, it's really come to the forefront. This kind of idea of I've got so much money and I'm so obsessed with my social media that my car needs to be so different. Mm-hmm. I can't just choose something from the standard options. I need to really go out there. And, and even Aston, you can go and they have the whole Q range now. And you can, you know, everyone offers these levels of bespokeness, basically ways to spend more and more money yeah. to get these cars, which you're going to end up spending through the roof on to then lose even more on. Yeah, because you become less desirable. Way less desirable. Yeah. We've got this super bespoke car that no one else really wants except you yeah. in quirky colours that you've yeah. paid through the roof for. And yeah. I don't really see the appeal. I no, me too, mate. I, I don't get it, really, to yeah. be honest. What are you going to do with your Germaria? We're going to do it. What? I don't what? really know yet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been to the factory yet. They're going to fly me out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, let's get into today's main topic, something that I've been sort of holding off asking you all week because I've been too nervous by the answer, is what are your thoughts, T-Dog, on how COVID-19, giving its official name there, may affect the car market. And let's start with the obvious, which I suppose is the top end stuff. I'm talking 150K plus. So I would think, I mean, I don't I don't deal in that market essentially. I deal in predominantly 100 grand down stuff. But I would, I would think that market is dead at the moment. I mean, the whole car market is not great at the moment, full stop. Um, how long that lasts for no one knows we don't know the effect the only thing is is that because it's completely stopped prices probably haven't really changed a lot because the only thing that probably has changed is if you've got your car in the auction now or you're trying to sell it now you're probably going to take a really swift kick because no one's really buying anything at the minute you'll get you'll get some people that buy and some dealers that will buy and they're real cash rich and but they're going to really 
kick you hard because it's depressed time. That's what's happened. And essentially, that's how they make their money in, in this depressed time. You know, they've got the money and they, they, they go in hard and they, they do well. Um, but for cars that are probably on the market already, big dealerships and stuff, I don't see any real panic yet. Um, and I don't know whether that's going to happen um, because if no one's buying anything or no one's selling anything, prices can't really change, can they? As in, if there's no market, mate, there's no there's no market. So they've just got to stay as they are. So yeah, I don't really I don't really know yet. It's all a little bit uncharted territory. Yeah, which I guess is across the board. But that was that was kind of my feeling as well that it's it's more of a stagnant market mm. than a tumbling one tumbling down one and I think you know a lot of the people on my sport classic video where I was claiming it's a 300 grand car was saying oh it's going to be worth about 100 grand two weeks time no 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 because that's only the case you know if, if it really gets to a desperado situation in 18 months time and no one's and people are desperate to get out of cars but even still I think those are going to be kind of quiet off the table you know behind the this is a temporary deals. measure don't forget this is not this is not something this is not like the bank crisis where we knew it was going to be years. This is a this is a virus. This is a disease that's spreading across our country, which is a temporary measure. The only thing is, we don't know how temporary it's going to be. Is it going to be weeks, months? You know, like we, we've already just said that China are coming out of it and they're not reporting any cases, and they're a couple of months in front of us, I guess. So if we've got anything, and that's where it started. Don't forget. So it was always going to be worse there than it was across Europe and in, uh, across the world because that's where it started. So, so if you were a buyer, if you were someone who's maybe sitting there and you had already planned that in the first four months of 2020, you were going to go out and you were going to buy a car for 200 grand and you were like, yeah, that's it. I'm replacing my Performante. Um, what am I going to go and buy? Is it a case of now's the time to be ballsy, to be aggressive, to go hunting after that car and say, you know, try and get a good deal? Or is it a matter of like, look, suck it up. The cars are the cars. You know, uh, but that's my kind of, you know, what's your... The thing is with the internet now, mate, is is that that um, no one, the, the old days, we us dealers, we used to be able to mark cars up, mm. so we'd have showrooms. But now, we can't do that anymore because you lot can see. The, everyone the, knows the prices. Everyone knows the price because everything's there. So short of you ringing around every dealer and trying to insult them all by saying, oh, we give you 30 grand less for it. I mean, they're not, they're, they're just not going to do it, you so, know, so... As on as us as an industry, and we're already starting to see some help from um, banks and advertisers, where you know they we can't have the market crash. So if we all stick together as dealers and not be silly, we we will dictate the market anyway. We'll dictate the prices of them because. Yeah, well, they that, are what it's they kind are. of like almost holding your nerves and interest. Yeah. It? It's like, you know, if we all stick together, the cars are the, what the cars are priced at, yeah. and that's it. And if you if one person starts to go and start selling 720s for 100 grand, then everyone's 720s is going to fall out themselves. Yeah, but, but then it all it all corrects itself because the people that have got the 720s then that that are trying to sell them, you know, it's only it's only um short-term thing. It all comes back round. All comes back so, round. So, yeah, because when you replace that car again, you're then giving 80 grand or whatever for them and, and they're not 130 like they were. So, yeah. So it's not necessarily yet a time to be like either an opportunity or like, a, oh, you're going to have a real, you're going to have a kicking if you need to sell fast is what you think. But it's not a time to necessarily go, 
try, trying to get crazy deals on cars. If you're, if you're not from a dealer point of view, I mean, we're, sure. we're, we're certainly not panicking. I'm not sure about other dealers. I can't speak mm. for them. But at the moment, we're certainly not going to panic and, you know, lose load at tens and tens of thousands of pounds binning all our stock off. What's the point? Sure. Because you, you've only got to go and replace it. Yeah, so, it's a bit awkward if two weeks later they're like, Corona's gone. <laughs> for sure. Oh, no. And as well, at the moment, like... There isn't really a lot of stock about because people don't really know what's going on. So um, we we just got to sit tight for the minute. I'm not saying that that we're not going to lose hundreds of thousands of pounds. I don't know. Yeah, no, know, well, no one knows. This no is, one knows. This is what got me down today, Tony. Yeah, we're all braced for it. We yeah. we just don't know. But at the moment, the the I, I think the market is fairly stable. There is a lot of uncertainty, but. No one's buying anything at the moment. Yeah. So, but no one's selling anything. Yeah. So it's just a sit tight and see. It's a isn't sit it? tight. Yeah. And just a reminder to everyone, we are, we have recorded this. Uh, as I say, just in case you've skipped forward, uh, uh, last Thursday, basically, for when you're listening. So we are a little bit behind, and things could have changed. Things could have developed. So uh, uh, just in case we're a bit outdated on, yeah. on some of the things we're saying, and you're now all living in a, <laughs> you're all being welded into your houses and whatever. Yeah. Um, so we don't. Or if you type gravelwood car sales in the website, don't come up. <laughs> Blame the internet provider because yeah. Tony will still be there <laughs> trying to sell cars. Um, is it any different at the at the lower end? I mean, have you still got, you know, some stuff coming and going? Because I, I would assume from what I've seen, people still do need cars to get around and stuff like that. So, But I just think everyone's... Ho- I mean, uh, no, the answer to your question okay. is it's just, honestly, it's like someone's turned a tap off. So basically, apart from Shmi and TGE, no, <laughs> no one's buying cars. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not really going to say anything about that. No, but, okay, fine. I mean, some, I'm sure some other people are buying cars, and don't forget, people will be still taking delivery of their new cars. But normally, this time of year, we we're inundated with stock. So, you know, we have dealers call us up and say, right, this car's here that you've priced up because people are getting their new cars. All the part exchanges start coming through. But that's not happening. That's not like, happening. Like you know, people probably not getting their new cars, and it's just a vicious circle, mate. It just does that. See, so. I was hoping you were going to say, oh, I think, you know, this is not price credit, but I thought I could steal something, you know, because I feel like let's pretend worst case scenario, we go through a bleak few months, you know, like it gets bad and people are trying to get rid of stock. I was like, there's going to surely be some deals to be taken advantage of. Four, five, eights for 90 grand or, you know, like I felt like that was going to have to happen. But you're kind of saying to me, you at the moment, as things are, maybe don't see that happening. It, it could, but actually, it's more likely everyone's going to just hold tight and then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> damn it. I mean, some someone a, a four five eight that's a hundred and fifty grand or hundred and forty grand. It's not suddenly going to be ninety grand overnight. I, I mean, was really, I mean, it's that not going to be the case. Not that I've got ninety grand. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'd have to be calling I mean, magnitude they, finance, going. Yeah. Uh, do you guys still lend money? <laughs> How does this work? And and if it, and if it was ninety grand, your three sixties thirty. Oh, I'm fully aware of that. So that, that you know, it's, at least I own pretty much all of my three sixty. Yeah, but then go. Yeah, not not same for the nine eleven, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's another it's one. A, so it's a bit of fun. That yeah. Car. yeah no, no. <laughs> oh God. Um, anyway, following on from our chat last week about Lamborghinis uh, and my desire. Are you a fan my, now? Well, people got in touch. Uh, thank you so much to all of you that got in touch. A lot of people, strangely, got in touch with performantes, old performantes which I guess is a convertible Superleggero. This is the problem. They made so many Gallardos. I mean, I don't know. Mate, so many. Yeah. 
But there are a few around, and that is hopefully going to happen, including, I learned that, Lamborghini made 10 manual Gen 1 Superleggeras. Who knew? And, from and, factory. And uh, are they worth a few quid? I mean, I, I guess know. so. I was too scared to ask. Somebody got in touch with me from Switzerland who's traded one, and he said I can help, you know, once the world's gone back to normal, I'll go out and check it out. I was too scared to say, like, and, and how much more are the manuals? Because <laughs> I'm guessing one of 10, probably quite quite a lot more but yeah i mean i don't know no i know i'm looking you're looking at me blankly not, not a clue no not a clue but i still do have this slight yearning potentially but um but unfortunately you don't like convertibles no 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 i know that's what i mean to stick with the super Leggero, i do still have this yearning but oh. i need to go and drive one because all i can do right now is keep thinking about the mercy sv and so many people will be saying when's that video coming it is coming but as i explained well, it's not the, out yet yeah the beginning of this podcast i've had to build up some content to, oh. to drip feed okay fine so yeah have you been doing that yeah that was so i think like so many other creators we did see this coming slightly uh so i tried to kind of build up a load of content and so my plan for this whole year was to do one video a week mm. change from following on drive the world was to slow down and focus on quality not quantity make content on stuff that i really wanted to film not for that need to upload because mm. that's a like a big issue with youtube is yeah, like yeah. feeding the machine mm. so i was like i slow it right down so that means that i went out i filmed like four or five videos that kind of sets me up for four or five weeks. Um, it's going to be a bit weird though, because the videos will feel a bit outdated, I suppose, as time. And I don't like being that far in advance. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, you're yeah. not that relevant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try my best to keep filming stuff, but I've got backup options. So I don't want to rush them out in case we all get into lockdown and then it's me making coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Those vlogs will be real interesting. Yeah. We're in here again. Yeah, I oh know. We're going to be locked in here. This is what we're choosing to do isolation. We'll be doing live streams. That'll be the next thing, me and Tony, for 14 hours live oh on my Behind God. the Glass. Uh, well, anyway, look, it's a slightly shorter episode uh, than usual, but given the circumstances, uh, there's not a lot going on in the car world uh, for us to discuss. But what is exciting is next week's episode for you guys is going to be the long-awaited Ferrari special. That's what we're doing after dinner. That's what we're doing after dinner. Right. You, you just, we're recording that next. But <laughs> it will come out next week because yeah. yes, Behind the Glass is remaining a weekly podcast. So do not fear. We are not going anywhere. Um, yeah, Ferrari special coming soon. And then potentially to test our dial-in capabilities if Tony and I are still in the same room. I want to attempt to have a few of you call in as we're recording to ask us some questions. So stay tuned on that if you are intrigued. Oh, mate, I've got it all figured out. Really? Yeah, but if you have to call me and then people can't call it. Do you see what I mean? So it's only if we're together, then I can get people to do that. Right. And I have to trust people with my mobile number, which might not go well. No. Anyway, uh, if you have enjoyed today's uh, podcast, please give us a thumbs up. If you've been watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications for future episodes. And if you've been following us, make sure, uh, no, if you've been listening to us, sorry, there we go. (laughs) Make sure to keep, Tony's eye rolling, keep following us on whatever platform. And what do they need to do? Subscribe. Oh, give us a review. I'm and not, review. Yeah, what is that thinking. my is that my That was your bit, yeah. Oh, okay, anyway, sorry. you'll learn that for next week. So yes, stay tuned. Next week. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> next week will be that Ferrari special. See you soon. Bye bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.